you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. We're America listeners. Welcome to the 126th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, who can report from having attended the mega game of the year, Alabama LSU, last Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. My highlight of the week was topic that everybody's been talking about all week, which was the three freshmen entering the American sporting consciousness on Tuesday night in Chicago when uh, they hosted the big college basketball challenge. It was fabulous stuff. Uh, These are three guys who just lived up to the hype. I'm, of course, referring to Jabari Parker from Duke, Andrew Wiggins from Kansas, Julius Randle from Kentucky. I watched every minute of both games and was very, very excited to do so. This was, for my, in my mind, appointment viewing. Uh, not often I've been able to say that uh, in recent years with college basketball in November. I uh, usually reserve that for March. But it was just uh, four of the top five teams in the country and... Uh, I've always enjoyed watching phenoms, to say the least. Uh, I was very lucky growing up where I got to watch phenoms in football like Dan Marino uh, in western Pennsylvania, who everybody knew about in eighth grade. On the basketball front, Maurice Lucas, famous Portland Trailblazer. Uh, and Marquette Warrior uh, played for Shenley High School in Pittsburgh. They came to my school's gym when I was in high school. Uh, literally 400 people, and uh, they were just a tremendous team. Uh, Shenley won the state title that year, but got to see them play. So, uh, again, it's just uh, I grew up in western Pennsylvania having the opportunity to see uh, phenoms right there, and uh, it was great to see them on TV the other night, to say the least. Uh, They were all spectacular. Jabari Parker, I thought, was the best of the bunch. Uh, He just impressed me as a player who can do it all. And he weighs 35 pounds more than Andrew Wiggins, which is obviously very significant uh, since they'll be one and done, to say the least. Um, 
And I thought that uh, Julius Randle for Kentucky, I mean, I was thinking more Wiggins and Parker were the two I was most interested in seeing. Uh, they're more, quote, high school household names than Randle, but wow. I was very impressed with his passion, his leadership, and basically uh, he led his team, uh, you know, to the brink of victory when Michigan State clearly had, you know, the more experienced uh, and better team. So, yeah, it was uh, just, again, just a, a great event. I think there was 40, 50, maybe more NBA scouts there. It was a who's who of the basketball world, from Danny Ainge of the Celtics, uh, on and on and on. Just everybody was there, the, the coaches on the floor, between Mike Krzyzewski, Bill Self, Tom Izzo, and John Calipari. It just doesn't get any better than that. It felt like a Final Four. That's the best way to say it. Uh Without being a single elimination, we know, we know we're going to get to see these guys play. And for 18-year-olds to step up and meet and exceed the uh, unbelievable expectations uh, is a rare thing. And all three did it. Uh, if one had done it, I think it would have been uh, fairly impressive. For all three to do it, it just tells me how far... Uh, today's high school player, yesterday's high school players, today's freshman college players have come. Uh, these guys are just ready. I, I don't get the one-and-done rule, although it made for a fun Tuesday night for all of us. Uh, it just seems sort of silly. I mean, obviously, they're just passing through on their way to the NBA. Uh, <laughs> my favorite line of recent weeks has been Andrew Wiggins talking about uh, how he plans to enjoy his, quote, last year of college. Uh, and he said that, you know, in, in, during his second month in college. Anyway, great stuff. Uh, I hope they can put something like this together uh, in the future, and hopefully we have phenoms like this uh, coming up in the future. They're going to be special. They're going to be fun to watch. Well, my low light of the week was the uh, Jameis Winston Institute, he being, of course, the Florida State quarterback, uh, undefeated Florida State, Heisman, leading Heisman candidate. Uh, they seem to be on track for uh, national championship showdown against Alabama. But what's, you know, why I consider this such a low light is, you know, this comes out 11 months after the alleged incident, and it's all very gray and shrouded. There doesn't seem to be just simply somehow mentioned as part of this, uh, you know, what his particular role might have been uh, has not really been stated. Um, you know, his lawyer today on ESPN is asking the exact question I asked the minute I heard it. Just why now? Why, you know, 11 months after the fact can something like this surface? And, uh, of course, my my other first thought is that, you know, now he's famous. That makes him a target. And it just strikes me as, you know, really odd, to say the least. Uh, you, you know, the, this kid has a lot on the line. He's been just lauded for his leadership skills as a freshman. He's doing some things, you know, where he talks to offensive linemen, uh, some of the halftime and pregame highlights of him talking, uh, you know, have just been, you know, he is to college football with these freshmen that I talked about earlier in the show to, are, are to basketball. Uh, just, you know, 
an 18-year-old who's ready for prime time um, at this young age. So we'll see where this goes. Can't say, you know, I, I mean, there's not much to say because there's just not, you know, much known at this point. All I can say is, you know, for this to be just come out of nowhere, 11 months after the alleged incident occurred, seems really strange. Just that simple. My bizarre story of the week uh, is, no surprise, the other topic that everybody's been talking about, the Jonathan Martin, Richie Incognito case. Uh, They showed Jonathan Martin arriving at NFL headquarters today at, on Park Avenue in Manhattan. Uh, I've been down there twice this fall already, uh, so I could really relate to the actual scene, the street corner, and there was a serious, and I mean serious, media mob there. This was uh, well beyond a throng, uh, and I've been in these media scrums many times in many places, uh, Today was, you know, at the highest level and interesting in that, you know, it was the press conference room, wasn't even a hotel lobby. This was, you know, uh, the intersection of uh, Park Avenue and uh, somewhere in the low 50s, 51st, 52nd, whatever, and it just looked like quite a scene. So it certainly, uh, certainly got my attention. So Jonathan Martin is uh, apparently meeting there with the uh, appointed special counsel looking into this whole matter. As for Richie Incognito, he officially filed a grievance uh, with the, you know, for his, quote, indefinite suspension. Uh, No surprise, I think that's just done as a matter of course. I don't know that that uh, makes it any more or less bizarre. Um, but the NFL Players Association, you know, uh, pretty much automatically puts these in, as do all the player unions. Um, one thing that I found a little strange this week, and I was thinking it when I was watching it, uh, you know, was the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, granting, uh, you know, holding a press conference and granting some exclusive interviews as well uh, to ESPN on Monday, uh, the Monday night game when the Dolphins... Uh, lost to the Bucks. It was the Bucks' first uh, victory of the year, so it would, which is another way of saying it's a new Dolphin low light. But just um, when he said he had not met with Martin and was planning to meet with him, you know, later in the week or whatever, I just found it strange. Bottom line, I was surprised he hadn't met with him yet as the owner of the team. Uh, more importantly, I think it was fascinating to me since I wondered about it as I was watching on Monday night that uh, no sooner uh, did he say that than the very next morning, basically, uh, the NFL advises him not to uh, not to meet with him before Ted Wells, their appointed investigator, meets with Martin first. Apparently, that's exactly what's happening today as we speak down on Park Avenue. So, that Strange again, stranger there. Uh, but again, I found the whole, you know, kind of Stephen Ross press conference uh, uh, around Monday Night Football and the Dolphins playing the Bucks as all just sort of interesting, unique. I understand he had the forum, he had the writers right there in Florida. Uh, I, I commend him for holding it. But uh, 
I just found some of the, you know, information a little surprising. And most of all, again, what he said clearly, I don't think went over too well in the NFL offices, given that they said, uh, no, we don't want you meeting with Jonathan Martin before we meet with him. So with that said, and as my former co-host, Lee Mont Williams from outside the huddle likes to say, it's time to pay some bills. So let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Obama Magazine. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, John. Pretty good. I'm in, I'm in Frisco City, Alabama. For those interested, that's about a medium-range touchdown pass from Monroeville, home to Harper Lee of To Kill a Mockingbird fame. <laughs> is that right? That sure is. Well, Alabama is certainly the place to be these days. Uh, we got to get right. Got to ask her just right off the bat. How was the Alabama LSU game last week? Yeah, it was fantastic, John. You know, at the end of the evening, 
you saw the score, 38-17, but it didn't feel like a three-touchdown win. But it sure was, and, you know, Alabama imposed their will as the game progressed. And some of the players after the game, you know, particularly C.J. Mosley, said they could see it in the eyes of the LSU players that they had, you know, totally defeated them physically. And so it was a big victory for Alabama. And, and of course, Nick Saban at the end of the game, normally he just kind of business life, but he jumped into the arms of A.J. McCarron. He's so thrilled to death. And I don't know if it's because they relieved that pressure winning that big game where he just so had for A.J., I, really don't know, but he sure was pleased with the results. That jumped right out at me. Absolutely, AP. Uh, Nick Saban's reaction. And uh, interestingly, the thing I first thought of as I was watching the fourth quarter unfold and Alabama take absolute control was, you know, that Showtime special on the strength and conditioning coach, (laughs) which is exactly what he talked about, like his goal in life (laughs) is that, you know, that Alabama – own the fourth quarter, and I was just thinking of him. I was actually looking on the sidelines for him just to see if I could get, you know, I know he likes to uh, move around a lot. He's enthusiastic, exuberant, and I was actually looking for him because I was just thinking last Saturday night had to be almost the pinnacle of that guy's career. Oh, yeah, of course, he's an LSU grad too, John. So right, good point. That game's, good point. Game's a little bit more to him than right. anyone on the staff. Uh, to, to beat the home team, you know, the old home team. So, yeah, Scott, he's always excitable and keeps the juices flowing on the sideline. There's no downtime with him. And like I say, he learned to whisper in a sawmill, so you can always hear him. <laughs> I like that. Learn to whisper in a sawmill. Yeah, well, again, you know, it was just like a, uh, you know, watching that guy's dream come true. And I really, again, I enjoyed the report on him. Uh, anybody who saw it, you won't forget it. He has a voice, like you said, that you just will never, ever forget and a personality to boot. And, he, you know, to just see this like 10 days ago and have have everything he said, which is, you know, how he just prepares his players to own the fourth quarter and then to have them do that to, of all schools, LSU, who uh, has owned a, fo- a few fourth quarters in their existence as well. Um, you know, just good stuff. Because that, that was just, you know, that was impressive how Alabama just literally dominated that fourth quarter. I don't know if I've ever seen him so dominant. John, that was a great second half and, Maybe that's the gold standard for this year, the way they performed in that second half. Nick Saban you know, mentioned that in the press conference. He wants to see him have that type of production and, and execution throughout the rest of the season. I'm sure. I'm sure. What was the atmosphere like down there? Uh, you know, I saw a thing uh, on, I think, CBS Sports showing tailgating from Tuscaloosa with the LSU game, and uh, I just watched it literally, you know, the other night. And, you know, it looked just awesome, to say the least. It was in the quad, which you've discussed many times. John, it was extremely loud. Sometimes the Alabama fans, they have a tendency to be a little bit complacent, but not for that game. I mean, the students were all there in force, and the shakers were flowing, and and the, the crowd was, you know, electrifying throughout the entire game. They didn't 
sit down hardly, and you could hear that noise up in the press box pretty loud. It looked electrifying. Uh, speaking of the press box, was there a significantly larger media contingent than usual? Uh, obviously, I, I think it goes without saying, I assume it was larger. How much larger was it than a typical Alabama game since you attend many of them? Yeah, John, you know, every seat seemed to be filled and it overflowed a little bit to the cafeteria section as well. And then, I don't know if they got to show everything on the television, John, but there were some prominent visitors to the game. Uh, actually, I ran into one of them. Uh, he was dressed in the Alabama gear, had the little hood on, and he was getting a few hot dogs at halftime. I I was talking to Phil Savage, the radio announcer at halftime. I leaned over and looked at him, and it was Phil Knight of Nike. Oh, really? Wow. And that was, and, um, That's big. You know, I told you many times that I had interviewed him about a year or so ago at the Basketball Hall of Fame induction ceremony. He was uh, inducted as a contributor, but I just went over and spoke to him briefly, and and nobody even recognized him. But that's the third time I've run into him on occasion, and uh, he said he'd never been to Tuscaloosa. Really? And, yeah, sure had never been to Tuscaloosa. Wow, and so he obviously just... I mean, he's a huge college football fan. Obviously, he is the money behind the rise of the Oregon program, uh, goes without saying. And uh, so I assume that's it. I mean, he just must have uh, must have been the right time for him to finally get in, make a trip down to Tuscaloosa, I guess. Maybe he was looking for a little consolation because right. Oregon had beaten Stanford uh, a couple of days before. Of course, he... he I lost both Stanford. institutions, Oregon and Stanford. He graduated from both. But, uh, you know, I don't know if there was schedule. He just wanted to see Alabama in person for himself. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, great minds think alike. I, I myself <laughs> have been thinking about it. I, I found myself thinking about it just last week, uh, watching that game, just thinking, hmm, that would be, you know, i got to get down there one of these days. And, you know, certainly drawing their... Uh, you know, they're, they're another golden era in Alabama football. It's uh, that much more intriguing. But, yeah, that was impressive. I mean, that, you know, that came across on TV, AP, as one of the most impressive Alabama crowds, settings, energy, electricity that I've ever seen. It really did. It almost <laughs> felt like, you know, this was the game to kind of, you know, one step away, if you will, from – perhaps being the greatest college football dynasty ever. It just felt like that watching on TV. Yeah, John, I, I can't dispute those things. I mean, people might think I'm biased, but I just have never witnessed such perfection, you know, in winning these championships and the, the number of players entering the NFL and the crowds and, the you know, the competition rises to the level every game and, it's it's fascinating to watch and be a part of this this another another golden era at Alabama. I don't I don't know how long it's going to last, but with that number ten at quarterback, they have a good chance. Absolutely, no. He he just you know he, he's going going to go down no matter what. Almost uh, you know as one of the great winners, winning quarterbacks in college football history. I think that's pretty much in the bag. Yeah. And. Uh, A.J. McCarron, of course, and, uh, you know, speaking of quarterbacks and potential national championship opponent for Alabama, 
I talked about this at the beginning of the show, this Jameis Winston uh, situation that's occurring. I mean, the first moment, first time I heard of it, you know, I just thought, you know, why now? 11 months after the fact, and it's so gray to be enshrouded at this point uh, still, but what were your first thought when you heard about that? Well, right away when you heard some of the, the, the length of time that had lapsed before right. it came to light, you're thinking this has to be some type of motivation Correct. for that delay and, and to bring it up right before the he plays in some of the big games, you know, the remaining big games in the ACC championship and he's a front runner for the Heisman Trophy, one of them. So I'm thinking that some lawyer is trying to maybe push the envelope and maybe they're looking for some type of money settlement or something. I mean, I don't know. I mean, everyone in this country, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty, so we shall see. But I just thought there was some type of ulterior motive for the timing of releasing it to the press. Exactly. Me too. I mean, I didn't say specifically lawyer. You make a very good point. Uh, You you know, the way I looked at it, my first thought, Jameis Winston is now famous. That makes him a target. And, you know, the timing obviously couldn't be worse. You said it, front runner for the Heisman. And, you, you know, uh, headed for the national championship game uh, with, you know, apparently nothing that could stop him except maybe this. <laughs> yeah, as crazy as it sounds. And I don't mean the legal term. I just mean, uh, uh, you know, as a distraction. Um, right. Yeah, John, I agree. Um, I would say, and we've spoken about this many times, that this generation, I I use the term, you know, they're kind of unconscious. They don't let these things distract them. But, you know, one of the assistant coaches I spoke to, he had a different term. He said they just hit the reset button. They don't worry about things that happened five minutes ago. They hit the reset button, they're on to the next uh, project situation uh, endeavor. You make a really good point there. You you truly do. It, it is a generational thing, and absolutely, uh, time and time again in recent years, and it's getting more prevalent each year. You know, these things pop up. You think they're going to be distractions for these guys, and they're just not. You know, when in the past it might have been. You know, when we were growing up, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's amazing. But and this, uh, you're 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 absolutely right. Uh, this may be. We may be laughing at this in two to three weeks. Right. Oh, sure. Uh, John, I had an interesting conversation this week you know, with the former Kentucky coach, Fran Kersey. Yes. And and he was down in Mobile at the First and Ten Club. And, we, and one of the questions that I posed to him was to ask him about A.J. McCarron because a lot of people are you know, pushing these other type of quarterbacks for the Heisman, you know, they're very athletic and run around. But A.J., I asked him if he was Tom Brady-like. And right away he, he tended to agree with that, <clears throat> you know, supposition because he's so uh, very good uh, cerebrally with the game. He can audible into the correct play, make the quick decisions because when it comes down to it in this era, John, as you know, these blitzes are so complicated, so fast. If you're not prepared, you can have the best arm, be the best athlete on the field, but unless your mind is at a top level as well, you can't operate from the quarterback position. Well, that's a great point. It really is. Uh, 
having had the pleasure to watch Tom Brady in person since literally the day he took over for Drew Bledsoe when Bledsoe got hit by Mo Lewis of the New York Jets way back when, from day one, back before his arm was what it was today, I always thought, you know, Brady's number one quality is his mind. And uh, yeah, I hadn't made that comparison specifically with A.J. McCarron, but you make a great point, and I think uh, A.J. McCarron is, you know, is along those lines as a good comparison with Brady because, uh, yeah, that's probably the first thing I think of. I might not have thought intellect per se, but I was certainly thinking leadership. You know, it would be an insult to use the term game manager with A.J. McCarron. Uh, <laughs> he's far, far, far beyond that. I mean, he is, you know, at, at worst case, a game CEO. <laughs> you know, like in charge. He's been promoted the last year or two, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, manager no longer applies. <laughs> right. CEO or chairman of the board would be more <laughs> more to the point to describe how A.J. McCarron is in charge of a football game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's a good comparison. It really is. And, you know, if I'm an NFL GM, that's what I'm looking for. It really is. More than arm strength. Yeah, you know, he has that height, that tall, lanky build, and, you know, good arm makes makes the throws, and he's not going to tear up, um, you know, you're not going to uh, mistake him for any Carl Lewis, I can tell you that. He's Correct. Out there running. So, Correct. Nor so, Brady, but, nor uh, Manning. Right, right. So, But they're winners. They've won their whole careers. And, you know, if I was the general manager, I mean, all the mistakes they make with quarterbacks, I think I'd attempt to draft him and, and, you know, roll the dice. That's a good point. It really is. He is getting certainly, uh, you know, uh, underserved for his accomplishments, to put it mildly. Uh, well, AP, we have a lot more to talk about. But for now, why don't we uh, take our break? And uh, I know you're sticking around on the other side. We'll talk a little more college football. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchOfDimes.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Back to the show. 
We're Smerica listeners. Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we were talking about A.J. McCarron. I'm just curious, how, how, how tall is he, actually? Um, he's listed at six four, John, about two fifteen. Okay. And uh, when he first got to Alabama, he was in I think it was around the one ninety range. So he put on some weight, some strength. He was part of that. He was interviewed for that strength uh, story on Showtime as well. He specifically, and yeah. so just to go back to an earlier topic in the show. Right. Yeah. So he he's he's a hard worker. And, He'll do everything he can to keep improving. I mean, that's his mantra. That's what he's learned from Saban. He's just like him, and he even treats the press like him sometimes. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So. I, 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 John, one thing I asked him last week uh, after the game, I said, A.J., um, y'all had each uh, struggled in the first quarter, and I didn't put the statistics in there. And then I should have. They had 42 yards and 12 plays, I believe it was, something like that, 47 yards. So. And he said to me, looked me, uh, you know, in the eye with a blank look and said, uh, I didn't really realize we started slow. So he, he's picked up on that Nick Saban thing. The next play is what matters. You know, every play has a history and life of its own. Right, right. It's a good way to be, you know. And we were talking earlier about comparing him with Brady. I mean, would I always, uh, one of my favorite ever Brady lines, and he's been saying it for a decade now, was, you know, after he won the three Super Bowls in four years early on, uh, they always used to ask him, what's your favorite Super Bowl? And his answer was always the next one. And I never <laughs> forgot that. Uh, unfortunately, he's still saying the next one, which hasn't come along yet a decade later. <laughs> but that's a different story. Okay. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I think, uh, John, one other visitor that I think you, your audience would like to hear about that was at the game last week was Derek Cheater. Is that right? Really? Yeah. You, you know, there's a connection with Alabama and the New York Yankees. Nick Saban visited the, I think it was um, spring training. And, he, and matter of fact, in some of his pregame speeches, he talks about Mariano Rivera and how focused he was and able to uh, think about the next pitch and, and worry about his responsibilities instead of worrying about what happened before. So, and, and then uh, Joe Girardi and his son actually came up, um, flew down from Chicago, I think, was during the baseball season to come and visit Alabama on a day off. And didn't Girardi speak to the team? Yeah, yeah, Joe and yeah. Joe Girardi and his son spoke to the team. And, you know, his son, right. son was with him, but he spoke to the team. Sure did. I love it. Well, we've been lucky. You've been lucky this year because uh, Derek Jeter, you'll remember, was also at the uh, UConn-Michigan game that you and I covered. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So he he follows. Um, he loves college football and he loves his team, Michigan. I know, and so he must be a little bit of an Alabama fan. Yes, yes. Or he, potentially, he's like so many of us sports fans. He just loves to see excellence, and right now we're seeing excellence at the highest degree. Never more on display than this past Saturday night. I mean, that was a again, yeah, that was a wow moment. I felt it really was. That was a that was a wow moment in that. They are as good as maybe we've ever seen, number one. 
They're going for three in a row. If I'm not mistaken, they're the first team in the modern era to win, would be the first to win three national championships in a row. We're, we're getting into some serious history now with this Alabama team. I mean, real serious history. Yeah, the kind yeah, that's never been done before. I was thinking before. about that the other day, and I thought to myself, what other people are winners like AJ? If he, if he happens to win that third one, I mean, you have to talk about, you know, Bill Russell with 11 out of 13 and Yogi Berra with 10. And then in college football, it'd be AJ. You know, as the head of the team and being the person that handles every snap. I mean, that's a significant position that people will remember Alabama winning, but they'll always remember, well, that was the quarterback was A.J. McCarron. That's true. And, you know, you can't – one thing I, you know, have a bit of a problem with is when, you know, so many people, you know, overemphasize – you can't overemphasize the importance of the quarterback, but, you know – They'll overemphasize it, you know, in so many situations, uh, you know, in so many different games or for different types of quarterbacks, be it NFL, college, high school, whatever. It doesn't matter. But then all of a sudden, you just hit on it. You know, you have an A.J. McCarron who's maybe taking this every snap for three national championships in a row, and it's being underemphasized, the position yeah. of quarterback. And then I just, you know. That just doesn't fly in my book. No, no, because I, I, at this moment right now, John, I don't think it's been established who might be the next, you know, the heir, heir apparent to uh, AJ. So that, that's how difficult it is to come up with somebody that will satisfy the coaching staff. Right, right. So AJ's won two in a row. He's going for his third. Alabama has won three of the last four, but the first one, was Greg McElroy was the quarterback. Am I correct about that? That's correct. Greg was okay. the quarterback, and they were undefeated that season. They sure were. All right. I just want to be sure I have it all straight. Um, tough to keep all these national championships straight, so i gotta, <laughs> got got to reset, like you said. It, it is. It is, John. It sure, surely is. And, and A.J., this year, uh, he's going to have to do something that hasn't happened before when he's been the starter, and that's to go undefeated. Right. Right. That's what they're. That's right. He has not gone undefeated yet. Two years ago, they lost to LSU. Last year, they lost to A and M, Texas A and M, obviously. So yeah, that, that is the mission. And then that he said something. He or Saban said something last Saturday night to make me realize. Aha! That's what's different. That's the motivator this year. May it might have been uh, C J Mosley said it actually. I think I heard him on the radio. That's what it was earlier this week. And that, and again, for me, it was sort of an aha moment where the way he said it let me know that's what they're after now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, CJ, and I don't know if this happened. I, I haven't had a chance to research this yet, John, but two Alabama players are, I think, it's semifinalists for the Walter Kent Football Player of the Year, uh, AJ and, and CJ, a quarterback and a linebacker. Wow. Yeah, CJ Mosley came up big. I mean, no surprise, he is All-American. He's the best player on the team, I think, period. Um, you know, obviously, he and A.J. stand alone as, you know, the two best. And uh, But, no, he, he was a one-man wrecking crew on Saturday night, I thought. Yeah, C.J., John, I told you, um, when I first saw him in high school, he would tackle anything that moved between the sidelines. 
And the unique thing about the conversation that we had was that he had not lifted weights because he was always playing football or uh, playing basketball. He played on the basketball team as well, and I think he might have ran track or something. So when I saw him, I said to myself, he he'll, he, he had not even lived up to his potential because he hasn't doesn't have the strength right now. But once he gets to college, wherever that may be, he's going to be fantastic. And he proved to be, you know, an All-American player. Uh, and he, he could be, I think it's around the third player at Alabama to be a consensus All-American, two-year consensus All-American. Oh, is that right? Yes, the third or fourth player. Yeah, Leroy Cook uh, from the, way back in the 70s was a, the uh, two-time consensus All-American player. Terrence Cody and I, I might be maybe Barrett Jones. I I can't remember at this moment, but those are the only three that have been consensus All-American, even, even though someone like Cornelius Bennett was an All-American three years in a row. Right. Yes, there's a famous name, to say the least. Cornelius Bennett, remember him well. Buffalo Bills, right? That's right. Buffalo, and I think he played in about, I think he played in five Super Bowls, I believe, because he went to Atlanta. He right. Played, played with in one, and I can't remember if he went back to the Colts and played in one there, too. But uh, he's quite a, quite a linebacker. Oh, absolutely. He was on that, those great Bills teams that went to four Super Bowls but never won one. Uh, so here's the obvious question. Uh, who's left on Alabama's schedule now? Uh, yeah, this week, John, they're going over to Starkville, um, Mississippi, to play Mississippi State. And, you know, normally Alabama fares pretty well against them. History has shown they've, they've won games over there. There was a game many, many years ago, John. Alabama was number one, and Mississippi State upset them over there, 1986 to three. So okay. So it, it has happened where uh, Mississippi State has upset Alabama when they were ranked number one. Coach Bryant was, was on the sideline that day. So but there were, those cowbells were ringing and caused some noise down there at the goal line. In the closing seconds, Alabama was right in the goal line and fumbled the football. This was before Jackie Sherrill was their coach, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe Jackie wasn't there at the time. He, he was uh, still at Pittsburgh, I believe. Yeah. Yes, yes. I used to watch him at Pitt. Oh, Emory, I think Emory Blard was the coach at the time. Okay, okay. So after uh, Mississippi State, who's who's next? Yeah, and then they have a breather there, John, really a glorified scrimmage be University of Tennessee Chattanooga. Oh, boy. So uh, that'll be a time where they can rest some of the starters, hopefully, and and uh, you see some of those younger players, Jerry Kennedy, who you know of from the game in San Antonio. Sure. You can't see him play, and maybe, you know, Blake Sims, second-string quarterback. So, And then after that, John, it's it, it could be for all the marbles, they have to go to the loveless village on the plains at Auburn. Exactly. Yes, that is just going to be that. That is shaping up to be uh, the potential game of the year. Now that the LSU game is behind us, and uh, I mean the Auburn Alabama game is just a tremendous matchup, but and one that deserves its own segment. So why don't we take our break now, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, how well Auburn's doing in the in the Auburn Alabama matchup in a few weeks. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Sports Channel, the talk doesn't get any hotter. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get talking uh, about some more football, I want to say that my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the Denver Broncos-Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night. It's uh, the game of the year, undefeated Kansas City Chiefs, I might say. And suddenly, the... uh, Carolina Panthers, New England Patriots is a close second as the Panthers uh, uh, have won five in a row, and this is a serious statement game for them at home. But uh, what do you think of those two games, AP? Yeah, I mean, it'd be, be great games. I, if I Hopefully I get a chance. I'm not on the road traveling. I'll get a chance to, to watch both of them. Look forward to it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun, fun back-to-back Sunday night, Monday night combo. Um, I watched the Panthers against the Niners last week. That was the game I wanted to see uh, to tell me whether or not they were for real, and they sure are. You know, uh, any team that can go out to San Francisco and win that game and basically hold them without a touchdown is uh, a team to be watching out for. So, and they're doing it with defense plus Cam Newton. That, that, that's you know. That's an interesting combo. They've, they've just come out of nowhere. And Luke Keekley from Boston College, he is just turned into the leader of that defense. Yeah, he's a good player, and Cam Newton's always fun to watch. Yeah, so what do you think about Cam Newton? Is he suddenly 
I mean, let's face it. He's been immature. There's no other way to say it in my book. And I like him. He's a tremendous athlete. But do you think he's finally starting to get it, for lack of a better way of saying it? I mean, because I, I think that's what it's all about with Cam Newton, getting it. Yeah, yeah, I think I heard him about two weeks ago, John, in some type of interview, and he seemed to understand that you don't operate on an island in the NFL. You have to depend on other people. And it pays to, you know, uh, give them their respect and uh, appreciation after every win. And you're, you're a team. I mean, you can't do it by yourself. And, and the game of football, there's no bigger team game than football, I, I think. Because 11 people have to do their job and carry out their assignment because just one lineman misses a block, that quarterback's on his back looking at the sky. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well said. Uh, well, Cam Newton, you know, looping back to our earlier conversation about Auburn, obviously Cam Newton uh, led Auburn to the national championship a few years ago, then they crashed and burned for the last couple of years, and here they are, shockingly, Right back uh, in the hunt. They've just come out of nowhere because when I say crash and burn, they really disappeared from the scene, shall we say. And they're number seven in the country. They're hosting Georgia tomorrow. Very dangerous Georgia team with Aaron Murray as a quarterback. And uh, what do you think about that game, AP? I think it's like pretty much the game of the weekend, actually. Yeah, I'm going to try to see some of that if I can, but. You know, Auburn, they're number one, John, in the conference, uh, about 278 yards a game. I, they might even be number one in the country, but being number one in the SEC in rushing, that's enough for me to to, to have some fear. It, his offense, Gus Malzahn's offense, he always has extra blockers to provide the runner some assistance when he's making those, you know, you know gashing defenses. So it's a little bit more unique type of spread, I think, than than other other versions. And if you can't stop the run, you're at the mercy of a team, really, because then it just opens it up for the pass. You have to bring extra defenders, and it makes it very difficult for the defensive coordinators. And and once they get rolling downhill on you, uh, then it gets over. Right, right. Um, yeah, well, Gus Malzahn was the offensive coordinator. Uh when Auburn won the national championship and uh, with Gene Chizik as the head coach. And uh, speaking of, where did he end up, by the way? haven't heard his name in a while. No, no, he hasn't heard. I think he's just collecting the paycheck at the moment. But I, I think August was the, the brains behind that whole championship, in, in my opinion, because they just outscored people. I believe it, they ended up scoring 570 points plus or something of that nature, and they gave up. They were the first champion ever to give up over 300 points. So that was really an offensive-dominated team. You know, without Cam Newton, he was the best player in the country. You know, they they played some very close games. Never would have won. They had Superman on the sidelines. Oh, absolutely. Now, remember, the defensive stalwart from that team was, of course, Nick Farrelly, and I couldn't help but think, uh, notice last Sunday, he made what I consider to be, you know, the best play he's made as a pro for the Detroit Lions. He basically, uh, with the game on the line and the Bears looking to, uh, you know, send it into overtime, basically, uh, you know, sacked 
sack Josh McCown, the Bears quarterback, without him having even the, the slightest chance to get out of it. He was just on him immediately, and Nick Fairley made a, uh, literally a play to win a huge game. And I just thought, boy, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's the best play he's made since he arrived in the NFL. Yeah, he's a, he's a playmaker, gentlemen. He sets his mind to, you know, paying attention to business. He's very good. You know, he's, he's an outstanding player. He proved at Auburn that, that year, the championship run. He, he gave Alabama fits. Absolutely. Um, yes, yes. Well, no one will ever forget that epic Auburn-Alabama game that year that Auburn ended up winning that game and then on to the national championship. And, uh yeah, so again, you know, I, I see that uh, as I look at the schedule here is really the best best game. You know, with the top ten, it's really the only one where two ranked teams are playing each other. Uh, Georgia being at around number twenty five, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to be good. And uh, yeah, I mean, if Auburn uh, can win that, I mean, they're going to carry a lot of momentum into that game. And yeah, I'm sure no one in Alabama has ever forgotten that game from a few <laughs> years back at, at, at Auburn, if I remember correctly. Yeah, John, uh, that that game, you know, when Alabama had that lead 24 to nothing, yep. I mean, Saban made a point to put up the signs, I believe, never again. So some of those players were around for that debacle. So if that ends up being where Auburn has that one loss against LSU and they defeat Georgia this weekend, it will be one of the better Iron Bowl matchups in quite some time. Um, I know that they have been ranked in the top ten both uh, for a number of those games, but I can't recall. But I'm definitely do some fact-checking after this weekend if, if Georgia prevails and Alabama wins against Mississippi State. Yeah, now, interestingly, I heard an expert on the radio say this week, surprisingly to me, that, you know, flat out, the best place to watch a college football game in America is Auburn. I've heard, you know, and he specifically said, and I know about LSU and Death Valley on a Saturday night, and mm-hmm. you and I have talked specifically about games at Mississippi and Oxford and the Grove and all that. And But, you know, you've been there. I, I, even if it's not the best, just by what he said, you know, it's obviously pretty darn good. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good app. It's a great atmosphere. They're, they're very loud over there, and you know, it's fun. They love. They have a good tailgate situation. So, yeah, if somebody's never been there, sure, I'd recommend attending a game at Auburn. And and I, I think they have some of the loudest fans. I mean, because I can recall John when. The game was played at Legion Field, and Alabama had half the tickets. Auburn had half the tickets. It just seemed to me that they were much louder. Right, that's right. It used to be like a like an Oklahoma Texas game at the Cotton Bowl. Correct, same situation, and it was a lot of fun to have that, that noise all the time. It's continuous. Was it held every year at Legion Field? I forgot about that. It was held every year at Legion Field from uh, when they first started. Uh, uh, playing the series again in 1948, I believe it was, up until the first time at Auburn was 1989. 1989, that was the first time. And Alabama used to also play some home games at Legion Field, but that's no longer the case, is it? No longer the case. They haven't played Legion Field in quite a while, John, because uh, Alabama had upgraded their stadium through the years, you know, to 101,000. Right. It's, it's 
it's, it's a great, great place, great venue. So Legion Field, does anybody use it these days? or They, they do, John. They have some games there. <clears throat> Sometimes uh, Alabama State, Alabama A&M, and different okay. schools play there, and they have some, once in a while, some high school games, I think, too, actually. All right. Well, AP, I am so glad we were able really to devote most of the show to Alabama. They're, you know, following their huge win at LSU. Uh, they're now on the, you know, the final, the home, the home stretch for for history. It's just that simple, and they deserve yeah. they deserve your expertise to discuss them. And you and I spending pretty much uh, most of this hour talking about them. They they are that uh, special. Well, thank you, John. It's always a great pleasure to be with you. And anytime I can talk Alabama football. To the audience, I, I really appreciate it, and I, I really thank you for all these these weeks we had the chance to, to visit. Oh, it's great, and, and none more so than today. So uh, thank you for your expertise on Alabama and Voice America listeners. Thank you for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.